Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. You know, we're kind of in this culture right now that um, people are fascinated with famous people. And everybody's trying to get famous. Can y'all agree with me on that? Y'all agree with me? Like fame is just a big, you know, So I'm going to tell you a story about the first famous person I met. Now, I've met people that became famous. I'm not talking about that. But like the first famous person, like this person's famous, I'm stranger, coming meet this person. I had the opportunity in probably 2000, I think the year 2000, to meet Miss America. Girls, Miss America was a big deal back then. I don't know if she still is. Okay. But she was Miss Hawaii. So you know she really looked good. I mean, you know. And so I had already had five kids. Come on, mama's in the house. I didn't look like Miss America. Okay. So anyway, so I was kind of like, oh, I get to meet Miss America. What? And so I get to bring my kids to meet Miss America. I actually have a picture of her holding Hannah. So just so sweet. Well, anyway, let me fast forward. I decide that week to change um, facial products like cleanser, Mass, everything changed. I changed brands, went all out. Stupid. Yes, I said that word. Dumb idea. What happened? I had a reaction. I had a reaction two days before meeting Miss America. And y'all, I would like to say that I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I was distraught. Like you would have thought that my best friend died. Like, like what? Such vanity. I was so vain. Like, I thought, you know, man, Miss America is like a little demigod or something, you know? And I was just like, hey! Anyone ever, I mean, had any experience like that? No, of course not. <laughs> so I did meet Miss America, and it looked like she changed products to that week. And so the Lord, I felt so much better. I'm like, oh, yay! <laughs> anyway, um, but honestly, everybody's, you know, trying to, you think about all the influencers, It's amazing how people can get famous these days. Like Pastor Levi was showing me, yeah, this guy's famous because of his mullet and his big mustache and his other body parts. You know, I'm like, what in the world? Like people can just get famous so easily. It wasn't always like that. Everybody's into these YouTube influencers and all of that. And um, you think about it now, some influencers are just born into it, like Queen Elizabeth. King Charles. He was born into it, okay? But others choose it, they want it, and for different reasons. Some just want to be known and they want to be famous, then they regret it later, (laughs) okay? They're like, why did I want this? Okay, some may become famous because um, they want influence. They want to yield or turn a crowd, you know what I'm saying? So they want influence so they can change people's direction, But then others really genuinely want influence. They want success so they can make a difference. Okay, and so 
Success and influence, it's not always a bad thing. And so I could say probably all of us in some shape or form, we might not want to be famous, but we want to be successful. We want to have increase in our life. I know I don't want to get to my deathbed and say, I did nothing with my life. You know, you think about Elvis Presley. He was at his life's end and he said, I've done nothing with my life. How sad the fame that the guy had, but he felt he hadn't accomplished anything in his life. And I know none of us want to be at that place. And so tonight we're going to talk about decrease to increase. Now you may think when I say decrease to increase, decrease, I'm decrease over here and I'm a travel all over to increase. Who sees it like that? Okay, no, that's not what I mean. I mean decrease so we can get increase. Okay, so decrease to increase. You know, the secret to success, I'm going to tell you early, right on. If you're writing something down, you need to write it down. The, the secret to success or increase is to do the will of the Father for your life. No more, no less. The true meaning to success. Because I know a lot of famous people, they'll tell you, they get there. Their goals, their dreams, their desires, and they get there and they have this fame and they're still in emptiness. Like they're like, what was all this for? Okay, but to have true increase in your life, it's you must do the will of the Father for your life. And so I want to start off tonight talking about one of the greatest influencers of all times. Okay, one of the greatest influencers. I can say one of the greatest because he lived 2,000 years ago and we're still talking about him, okay? And so this is John the Baptist. You're probably like, it's Jesus. Okay, no. <laughs> talking about John the Baptist. So John the Baptist was the son of Elizabeth who was the cousin to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Y'all got that family tree? He was Jesus' cousin, Okay. All right, and so he was born. It was just amazing. Elizabeth couldn't have children. She had children, you know, him in her old age. It was a miracle, okay? And so he's born, and he has a plan. Like, there is a plan. God has a plan for his life. And so he begins baptizing people in the wilderness, okay, back where not everybody is, all right? And he becomes an influencer. He is an influencer, like the current ones of today, because of how he looked and the weird things he ate. I mean, you know, it's what he was wearing, who he was hanging out with, and then his, just his, his personality, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, he was proclaiming the good news. He was preparing the way for Jesus. And so Jesus came to him, and John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and he proclaimed that this is the Messiah. Okay, and so then Jesus goes off has his disciples, and John, he keeps on trucking with his disciples, keeps on preaching the good news. He's baptizing people, and what happened, his influence, his followers, comparing to Jesus' influence, Jesus starts becoming more influential. Jesus starts gaining a greater following. He's being more influential than John the Baptist. Well, John's friends are like, Hey, dude, what's up? You remember that guy that you met on the side of the river that you're about to say he was the Messiah? He, they didn't even say his name. 
I mean, his name is Jesus. Okay, but they're like, hey, him, he, he's, people following him. Like to me, people are following him. And this is what I want you to catch in John 3, verse 30. This was John the Baptist's response. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. That word must decrease in the Greek means to lessen in rank or influence. So John's like, I may have had all this influence at one time, but I've got to decrease so he can increase. And I love in the New Living Translation, it says it like this, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Now this is John the Baptist that recognized the Messiah when he entered the room while he was still in his mother's womb. The scripture says that Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist. She's, she's pregnant. Mary is pregnant and comes in the room and the baby leapt in her womb. He recognized the presence of his Messiah before he was born. So I wonder how in the world did he say, I'm going to back up and I'm going to move out of the way for him so he could be elevated? What must have been going on in his mind? Was there a struggle? I mean, he was human, you know. Was there a struggle of like, man, I, I built this. I built this following. I built this influence. And then I've got to back up and I've got to step back. What was going on? Do you know how he could do it? Because John knew his purpose. His purpose was to prepare the way. And the way had arrived. And so he knew, I've done my duty. I've done my job. I gladly, I back up so he could increase. Can I tell you this? As a believer, we are all called to decrease. Y'all might be, I didn't sign up for this tonight. I want increase. You know, where's that? What, what are we talking about? We are all called to decrease, and I want to tell you, do not underestimate your part in that decrease. It's through your obedience, through your determination. See, in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 22, it says, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of your old self. Rid yourselves of the old self. Y'all, can I tell you something? That is not an easy task. Okay, it might sound simple, but it's not easy. You got to rid yourself. You need to do it, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Key, y'all. Okay, this is how you do it. And to put on the new self, which is the likeness of God, according to God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. That is put on the new. So he's saying you got to take that old self, take it off. And you got to put on the new self. Now, the new self is not like a pair of Spanx. You know, you buy them Spanx because you got some stuff you want to hide or smooth out. And so you squeeze up in those Spanx and it's all like might be spilling over on the top or down the bottom. But you got that waist going. Come on, we in the room full of women. Okay, the new self is not like that. We're not squeezing in all those rolls and lumps and bumps, you know. He's like, I want you to take that thing off. 
And I want you to put on a new self. And it's not an easy thing. If you think spanks are hard to put on, try on putting on another self. Come on. And so this word, what I'm talking about tonight, decrease, it might make you a little nervous. Anybody want to be honest in the room when you hear that? Okay, look, I'm with you. There have been times I'm like, oh, Jesus, let me not, if I don't read that scripture, you know, you don't make eye contact and you think you're invisible. Like if I just don't read that scripture, maybe it just won't apply to me. Okay. But I want to tell you this. I agree with Paul. It's worth it. It is worth it. In Philippians 3 says, but whatever things were gained to me, he said, those things that were like, oh yes, I've got all this or I've got all this, whatever, whatever was gained to me, these things I have counted as lost because of Christ. He's like, I've lost all those things. More than that, I count all things. Y'all say all. To be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish. That word rubbish means waste or litter so that I may gain Christ. So he's saying all those things that the world looks for, it's trash to me. All the things I've lost, it's just trash to me. You can throw it away because I have gained Christ, verse 9, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. So those of you that were nervous, like, oh, how am I going to do this? It's through faith and the power of the Holy Ghost that you can do this. So let's look at this. I'm going to give you five points tonight, and I hope you've come ready to just Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Five points tonight on how do we know if we are decreasing in a biblical way? Because you could decrease in a bad way. Okay, but we want to do it in a biblical way. The first thing is your surrender adds to your decrease. Your surrender adds to your decrease. That's what's the condition of your heart. And honestly... The Lord is the one that knows the condition of your heart, truly. Y'all, sometimes we don't even know, okay? But what's the condition of your heart? And remember that God doesn't see as man sees. And I love it how it says this in verse 4, 12, because he judges by his word. It says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge or discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart's. I just got to say this real quick. I have been so just, my heart has been broken so often recently at how people are wanting to belittle the power of the Word of God. Here it says that it can judge, discern the thoughts in the heart when half the time I don't even know what's going on in here and I live here, Okay? It, it's that powerful. So what is he looking for? When the Lord wants us to surrender, what is he looking for? We see that in Romans 12. Present your bodies. That's what surrender. Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Acceptable, that word also means pleasing. So pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I loved how Sarah brought it in that it's this. 
God, here I am. And, you know, maybe you think, like, why? Why would he want me? That's, I think, a lot of times why we do this. Maybe you've been rejected in the past or, you know, cast down or spoken ill of and all these things. So you're like, why would he want me? But right here, he's just saying, I want you. You are pleasing to me. How do I know that? Because the scripture says that he loved us before we loved him. He loved us in our, in our, before we were created in our mother's womb. He loved us. He cared for us. This is what he wants. I love it in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so he wants us to do this. And then he doesn't want us to stay in this condition. He wants us to move forward, being transformed into his image. So I encourage you tonight, surrender what he asked for. I don't know what he's asking for you. Whether you have some behavior patterns that he's like, uh, can you stop doing that? And you're like, Rah! okay. Maybe there's a dream that you have that he might not really want that for your life. I know I always, I used to want to be a songwriter. I used to want to be able to write songs. And I've been leading worship a long time, and I can lead worship, and I'm like, and listen, it makes no physical sense that I cannot write an anointed spiritual song. No sense. I can write jingles. I can write poetry. I can do all these things, but cannot. When it goes to writing a song, I'm like, holy, holy. Holy, I like, I cannot write a song. And I remember praying, God, you can give me, like you made limbs grow out. You can just help me write a song. And the Lord was finally like, that's not the dream I have for you. Will you give it up for me? Like, yeah, yeah, God. Can't, I mean, yeah. Thankfully, I've been blessed with kids that can write a song. Come on, somebody. Just got to give it up. They do a much better job than I do anyway. Okay, the second thing is your mind adds to your decrease. Your mind adds to your decrease. Let me do this little illustration here. Who likes illustrate? How many teachers we got in the room? Loves illustrations. I, look, I still remember some of Pastor Dino's illustrations. He was the best illustrated sermon maker. I have no clue what the message was about, but I remember the illustrations, okay? All right, so this is some water... Um, out of our cow trough. The cow trough is over 50 years old. It's probably like 60 years old. And I really don't know if it's ever been cleaned. Okay. So this right here is a life straw. And so um, they say that you can drink this water and this life straw, and it's going to be okay for me, and I won't get sick or salmonella or E. coli. Do y'all believe that? Okay, my, my, all my guys in my family are big into camping and all, y'all like, oh, what you about to do with that? Okay, I am going to sprinkle, this is some horse manure, just to prove a point. Now, I don't know if it filters horse manure, but we're going to try it. If you don't see me Sunday, that's probably why. All right, let me, let me. I 
I had to prime it. I had to prime it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to open the bottom. See, silly me. Oh, oh, God. I touched it with a, okay. You know, I'm sucking it. My husband be like, oh, my gosh. I had the cap on it. Okay. God, I can't even. Mm. Why is this not working? Asa, where you at? Uh, y'all, I'm trying. I really just want to swig it, but I know that that's going to make me sick. Mmm. Mmm. All right, I got some. Okay. Y'all believe me? Y'all don't believe me? Y'all don't believe me? Okay. Mmm. Okay. I got it. Oh, gosh. Mm. Wow. Y'all, that tastes pretty clean. <laughs> Woo. Let me get my hair. Let me get my hair off my microphone. All right. So this is supposed to keep me from getting sick. Okay. Your mind is a filter. It's either going to purify what's coming in or it's going to contaminate it. This is the world. Y'all, I am sorry. Whoever lied to you and said you accept Jesus and it's going to be a cakewalk, that is a lie. We're not exempt from pain. We're not exempt from brokenness. We're not exempt from hurt. We're not exempt from rejection. Those things are going to happen in your life, but your mind is the filter for it. That's why the word says, I just read you, you've got to renew your mind. Okay, the health of your mind is critical. So when the enemy throws stuff in, you can say, oh no, that's a lie, devil. I don't believe that. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Okay, your mind is so important. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. If we are only looking at this, I'm not talking about y'all beautiful women, okay? Um, if we're only looking vertically, of course we're going to be messed up. But if we keep our focus on heaven, okay, that's where we're going to have victory. I love the message Sunday. So many people text. It was just, if you weren't here Sunday, you need to go listen to it. It's just a reset of why we're here on earth as believers, it's not just to feel good, to eat, drink, and be happy. We have a purpose. Our eyes need to stay on Jesus. You listen, but sometimes we get caught up in, oh, gosh, i got to take these things out. You know, just focus on putting in. Focus on putting in the good. And then the old nasty stuff is going to fall out. Okay, we've got to put in what's good. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take every thought captive. Come on, say, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I will preach till I die the five R's. If you don't know how to get straight in here, five R's. Okay. One, recognize the lie. Two, rebuke the thought. 
Three, restore it with the truth. You've got to know the truth, the word of God, if you want to be healthy in your mind, if you want to win the battle in your mind, because that's where the enemy's going to attack you. Four, restore, uh, revenge the thought and then redirect the mind. This is how you conquer the mind. And no need to stress. The Holy Ghost is going to guide you. The new covenant in Hebrews 8 says that he's going to put the laws in our mind and he's going to write them upon our hearts. Okay, so they're going to be there when you need it. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, it's not what happens to me that matters, but what happens in me that matters most. That's what matters most. Maybe those things that are happening to us, our life is like this because God wants to do something in here. Okay? So drink the nasty water with the right filter. Come on. All right. Third thing is your actions add to your decrease. Sometimes we think it's just, you know, hey, it matters. James 4, the one who knows right thing to do and doesn't do it for him, it's sin. Okay. Titus 2, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It doesn't just stop at salvation. Instructing. Uh, That word also means disciplining. Okay, that means spanking from the Holy Ghost. Okay, so instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner in the present age. And you might, you know, you might hear that and say, I'm a new baby Christian. How in the world am I going to do this? I will never arrive. I might as well quit now. This is where verse 14 comes in who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, eager for good deeds. He's going to help you through it. His forgiveness is there when we don't do it right. Come on, we don't always do it right. Can I get an amen? All right, so um, I started with Ephesians 4, and I just want to touch on this real quick. In Ephesians 4, it says, rid yourself of the old self. Remember in the new self, it's not like Spanx, okay? Um, Our flesh doesn't want to die. If you didn't know that yet, I'm telling it to you today. Your flesh does not want to die. And so your actions and your responses should be your teachers. You know, you think about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I see the teachers nodding, okay? Um, That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Those should be markers So if someone says something to me and I am rude back, like, what's wrong with you? Okay, that's not kind. Okay, so when I'm meditating, ooh, I wasn't kind, okay? That's a marker to see what's going on in here. Now, a lot of times, you know, I've heard people say, well, that's just behavior modification. You're trying to, like, get people to just act right. No, it's called transformation. It's called transformation. And so how do you get there? Learn the fruits of the Spirit. Do word studies. Ask the Lord to convict you of what you need to clean up, okay? It's all, it's no different than someone that has walked through trauma or PTSD and they have triggers. They don't keep those triggers as trophies because they know that trigger will become a tumor that's going to suck the life out of them. Instead, those triggers are going to be their teachers to know, okay, something's in me. What's going on? And so when you have a trigger or response, you know, that goes against the word of God, you need to ask, okay, God, what's in me? Where does this come from? Do I still have unforgiveness in me? Do I have hurt in me? 
You ask him. But can I tell you, it's not always a root. Sometimes it's just flesh. And you just need to say, flesh, shut up. And Jesus, David said, soul, shut up. And sometimes we've got to do that. Can I get an amen? We've got to be, you know, we've tried to, you know, this whole trend of being self-aware. Self-aware, yes, we need to be self-aware. But I think that we've pushed a little too far over and we've become self-absorbed. Okay, so you need to not be self-absorbed, but you need self-aware, okay, and Holy Ghost-absorbed. Can I get an amen? When you get through whatever is going, you're going through, will you be proud of how you responded? Consider all aspects of yourself now so that you don't regret any version of yourself later. Hmm. Point four. Almost done, guys. Your connections add to your decrease. Okay, your connections add to your decrease. You know, I was reading a book the other day, and they were talking about the term, got your back. I've got your back. And it really comes from a military term. And basically what it means is when you're fighting, you're in the military, you only have 180 degrees view. For those of you that don't know, that is a semicircle. Okay. <laughs> From here to here, this is what you can see. So your fellow soldier, when he says, I got your back, he's going to put his back next to your back, and he's going to look at what you can't see. And when I was reading that, I was like, oh, my Jesus. How many times have I said, hey, girl, I need you to have my back? But instead of letting her really have my back and telling me what I can't see, my blind spots, I'm like, no, I just want you to validate what I can see. I really don't want you to have my back to tell me, girl, you shouldn't talk to your husband like that. You know what I'm saying? We're so concerned that we just want validation that we really don't allow people in our life to be honest, to let us know, hey, the enemy is coming if you don't change this, if you don't do something, he's going to eat your lunch and he's after you to destroy you. But the key to, the key to that is the, the person that has your back, you've got to know that they're willing to lay their life down for you. You can't just have anybody have your back, okay? You've got to know that they're willing to lay their life down for you. Ephesians 4.25, therefore ridding yourselves of falsehood, Speak truth to each other, to each one of you with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. We've lost the culture of speaking truth to one another. I'm tired of surface relationships or relationships that, yeah, they want to speak truth, but then they bolt before you can speak truth. I'm like, what's that? What is that? We've got to go deeper. Amen? Everyone's standing here. <clears throat> the last and final point, you know, how can we know that we're decreasing in a biblical way is your determination adds to your decrease. Your determination adds to your decrease. 
You know, when I got saved, I came out of, I was an alcoholic. I was doing some other very just awful things. And when I accept, the night I accepted Jesus, I felt a cleansing come over me that a freedom. I, I could just describe it as clean. Clean. That I never tasted or experienced. And I remember on my honeymoon experiencing that same feeling like, wow, this is right. This is right. So once I tasted that, I decided the enemy is not caging me again. The enemy is not caging me again. So I want everybody to close their eyes in here. Maybe tonight you're in here, you've never tasted that freedom. I want to give you the opportunity tonight. It would be the best decision you've ever made if you never accepted Jesus, if you never surrendered to him. If that is you, lift your hand in here. We want to pray with you. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Okay, look, in the back, in the back, we have some right here. Team, y'all see these? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all give it up for these brave women that made the best decision of your life. Team, if y'all can pray with them, cover them. Determination adds to your decrease. Listen, your, your growth, your maturity cannot be delegated to someone else. You are responsible for your growth I and mean, your maturity. Yes, you lean on others. Yes, you get counsel when you need it. Yes, you have people surrounding you that really have your back. But you have to have a determination that you're not going to stay where you are. You have to have the determination that you're not going to allow the enemy to ensnare you where he had you before. I love Philippians 3. It says, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. God never wants us to stay where we are. He is always calling us forward. He always has a plan for us to do more in His purpose for our lives. We've got to keep pressing forward to the goal. The goal is the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature, let's have this attitude. I want everyone to close their eyes in here right now. I just want to take a moment. You realize that God does not increase when you refuse to decrease. Y'all, this message has been burning in me for months. As I've shared it with a team, I've cried, I've wept over it. Because I've seen just this trend of self-consumption, being so self-absorbed, trying to protect ourselves that we've lost sight of the upward call. That it's to be decreasing, decreasing, and decreasing so He can increase. So I ask you tonight, is there something God wants you to lay down for Him? Is there something He is asking you to lay down? I'm going to open up these altars. 
Y'all, we want to give time for this. I know laying things down is hard. Taking off the old self is hard. Maybe laying down a dream or something you've been longing for is hard. As the worship team plays, I want to open up these altars and I want you to come and give it to Him. Whatever it may be, come give it to Him tonight. He's here to take it. He's here to take it. Thrown to 
y'all to get up. Come on, y'all get up. Y'all stand in the, the poise of victory. Come on, what you shout it out. You are victorious in the name of Jesus. Mountains are prone to the sea. When we worship,
end on a praise song. And praise means that you're standing in victory and you're believing it. Okay, and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus because with anything, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. Do you believe it tonight? Let's shout it out so they can hear it across the streets. Crush this so and break every chain. Now all of my 